with Launch Left Podcast. Today we have a very special episode. We are talking to NFT artists because it seems to be a space where artists are launching artists, where artists are helping get each other's work out to the world and where artists can actually make money without a middleman. This very much excites Launch Left. And so we wanted to do an episode of exploration on it. We want to just say right out the gate that I do not personally know, nor do, does my team know a lot about NFTs. So this is an exploratory episode where we're learning with you. And we're mostly speaking to artists in the space for this episode as well, because we think artists always know what's up. So we're going to have a couple people who have bridged the gap between art and expertise in the space, but mostly we'll be speaking to artists and they'll be sharing their stories stories of how they came to NFTs and what it has done for them in their career. I want to also say that this is a very slim margin of all the amazing artists out there doing work in the NFT space, but we did not get them all. So maybe we'll do a follow-up episode as we learn a little bit more and bring more people onto the show. Thank you for being here. Don't forget to rate and subscribe. Follow us on all socials at Launch Left. Without further ado, let's start the show. Welcome to the show, wellnessbrit.eth. First of all, I'm just so curious how you came to the NFT space. So I'm a former. I used to play collegially at Rutgers University, and I also played overseas. And right now, I was um, before I engaged in this space, I was a professional chef. I'm working at a treatment facility center, and it just so happens that I was in the right place at the right time on Clubhouse. There was there was a course going on called Becoming a Crypto Creator at the end of December 2020, in 2020. And me and my best friend slash business partner happened to stumble in this room. And for five days, the host just talked about the potential of NFTs and how you can use NFTs to monetize your creativity and that's kind of like what captivated me. And I've been in this space ever since. Have you seen, even since December, a lot of move, ebb and flow in the space? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Like at the end of December in 2020, nobody was really talking about NFTs. And my entry point also was through NBA Top Shot. That's how I got into the NFT space because I used to collect cards, basketball cards when I was a, a kid. My older brother did as well. And just the idea to have a digital basketball card, it just made sense to me. And then from that, at the start of 2021, we started really seeing like it come into the mainstream from when Beeple, he was, he sold his, his collage piece for $69 million. And then you hear of other artists like Micah Johnson, who's, who's a cool piece did you know, I was in the clubhouse room with him in February and he dropped his first Aku piece on Nifty Gateway and he sold 1,400 Aku NFTs and made seven million, and made a million dollars in seven minutes. So when I seen that, I was just like, wow, this really has the potential to, to garner wealth in an accelerated fashion. <laughs> And so that's, and it's just been accelerated since then. More and more people are getting involved in the NFT space and 
specifically what we're doing. Like I'm a former athlete that got into this and now I call myself an artist, a, a creative, a creator. Um, and what we're trying to do with um, Umba Daima is just trying to have a space for um, black and brown creatives in this space, a safe space for them to come and talk about their art and why they do what they do. So I've definitely seen a great boost in where this is, where this is going or the potential that NFTs poses to every industry. How has the community helped you grow as a creative? I know you said you were an athlete first. Uh, do you feel like the community is very welcoming and warm and a place where you could get your sea legs and not feel as competitive as maybe mainstream I absolutely think so. This community, I think that's one of the big elements of the NFT space is the community element. Um, that's how I got engrossed in this is because of how giving and of how accessible people are. Just like right now, you can you can be on Twitter and you can literally DM the the founders of organizations that are in this space. I, it's just mind boggling to me that we have access to just people who are doing just impactful work and community. And that's how this is going to keep getting bigger and bigger is just building a bigger community of people who are giving of their time. Like a lot of people just sacrifice time. They'll, there's so many times I've been on Zoom calls with people offering time to explain something to me, whether that's minting on a platform or understanding what decentralized finance is, decentralization, like people in this space are very open and very warming and very welcoming to you. And you just have to be, you just have to reciprocate that. And as long as they know that somebody wants to learn and somebody wants to just take in knowledge, anybody's willing to teach. So that's what I love about this space is that we have so many teachers and just people who are willing to teach. I've noticed across the space that a lot of the drops have often a charitable component or give back element. So it's it's almost like kindness on top of kindness. It's like these people giving their time, you then onboarded, then you mentioned NFT, and then you give back. It's so cool. Absolutely. It's creating like this... A beautiful ecosystem. I'm I'm starting to see a lot more NFT projects tied to social change and social impact, and I think that's beautiful. And I think that that is going to even um, accelerate even one of the projects that I invested in, Afrodroids. Um, the creator of that, Owo, he tied in donations to a charity in Lagos, Nigeria for a charity for orphan girls wow. to help build them a school and to eventually incorporate NFTs and entrepreneurship into the, the programming that they give to these girls. So like to invest, knowing that I invested in a project and that project is helping young black and brown girls in Nigeria have a place to stay. That means all the world to me. And those are the projects that I'm looking at to continue to you know, invest in and just bring to the fore. The prevalent societal version of art and all that is whoever's the most famous makes the money. And then, but this doesn't have that vibe. It's like anyone potentially can enter into the space. And because of so much help from people who are willing to share their time and then other artists who big them up, it's like this ecosystem, like you said, that's really creating a, a kind of circle of giving, which right. 
to me is the answer to the art world. Oh. Right, absolutely. <laughs> because for me, I like a lot of the creatives in my family have fallen a little short because of that rhetoric that artists cannot be sustainable with their work. So I feel like that the NFT space is going to alleviate and kind of get rid of that notion moving forward. I truly believe that this is an opportunity for anyone who has an idea, who has some, that idea that you've had for the longest that's been sticking in the back of your mind that you really thought that you couldn't do, this is the opportunity now for you to experiment. NFTs offer that, that opportunity for you to monetize whatever it is that you have and not just monetize it, just put it out to the world. Like a lot of us like live in this fear of like, how do I present myself to the world? You know, like, how do I present myself? And it's just, just go, just do a lot of the stuff that I do. I'm fearful of the things that I do, but I just feel the fear and do it anyway. Yeah. And there's like such a, the, the, the fact that an artist can pretty quickly figure out how to be onboarded and then they have agency. They post, they put up, they right. mint the NFT. It's there on the blockchain. It says who's artist. It's like that alone to me is sea change from needing all these gatekeepers to put your song out, put your art out. This is really a direct way for artists to potentially have sustainability with their creative. And that is so exciting. So thank you again. One thing we've learned in the NFT space is artists tend to go by their Twitter handles. So we'll be introducing everyone that way. Please welcome our next guest at Sean Bonner. Thank you, Sean, for joining us on the show. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. How do NFTs flip the power structure and give artists more control and longer term agency. One of the one of the most important things that we're seeing happen here is that in, in the traditional art world, artists have always been very dependent on various middlemen who are acting as gatekeepers in a lot of way between an, any kind of an audience, be that collectors or or exhibitions or anything. And with NFTs, the artists are now the ones making all of those decisions themselves. They're able to directly connect with fans in ways that they weren't for all of history, essentially, and develop these ongoing relationships that, that span essentially the entire time that someone owns one of their pieces. And as that, as that piece changes hands going on, the artist gets to play a role in that every step of the way. So it's a much more intimate and direct connection between artist and fans, which is leading to this, this stronger community and connection between other artists and these kind of collector and, and fan communities that I've just never seen before around, you know, traditional galleries or, or these kinds of things. And I think it's incredibly powerful for artists. And do you th feel that it really can lead to career sustainability for artists, even those that are emerging and maybe don't have a gallery behind them, like you said before? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that's really great about blockchain and NFT structure is this ability to build in ongoing royalties from secondary sales and from secondary markets. And in the past, again, when an, an artist would sell something, that was the end of their involvement with it. So as things would continue and appreciate in the art market and change hands year after year, the artist never got a piece of that. That was all benefiting other people. But now the artist can bake in the very beginning a royalty percent that they would like to receive, 5, 10, 5%, 10%, something like that. 
And then in perpetuity, every time that piece sells going forward, as it appreciates over the years, the artist gets a, a royalty from that sale. So for an artist who continually makes work week after week or month after month, whatever it is, you're just a working artist who's continually building a body of work and putting it out into the world. This just becomes a, a growing source of, of revenues from secondary sales that are growing as the market and, and the fan base continues to grow the desire for older works, all of these things. And, and that has the potential to create a really fantastic stream of income for an artist, which allows them to create more work in ways that they just, they weren't able to do before. One of the things that I like and that Launch Left got really excited about is the collaborative element within the artistic community with NFTs. So one example that I can think of is an artist named Mike Mitchell, who did a, a project called The Visitors. And there's another artist who really liked them and purchased a few of them and immediately started to do uh, a derivative work where they, they drew their own versions of what the visitors might be and sent them back to Mike and said, oh, so this was an artist named Cake. And so Cake wrote back to, to Mike and said, hey, I was really inspired by this project. Here's, here's a version that I did. And uh, Mike said, oh, this is so fantastic. If you want to do a bunch of these, I'll send them out to everyone who you know, who, who picked up any of my versions. And so this happened in, in just a, a matter of days from release. And so all of a sudden you have this collaboration of this artist who was just inspired by somebody else's work and, and was able to gift this work out to all of these people. And again, because this is a digital medium, the ability to gift something out to hundreds or thousands of people essentially becomes free. Whereas Previously, if you were going to make prints or something along those lines, you would have to come up with the way to fund that ahead of time before you could even imagine giving it out. This way, it's in people's hands before you're even thinking about that. Please welcome our next guest, at Ernesto Ash. I love your work. I always loved your paintings, but then to see them in this digital art realm has really been cool. Well, I'm originally from Costa Rica. I've been living here in Panama since 2003. And I have been doing digital art since late 90s, since I went to college. Um, it was really, I, I really don't know. It was the universe, it was luck, it was meant to be. Um, like a couple of years ago, a friend from Costa Rica contacted me and she said that she was doing art scout. She was an art scout for this new digital art project and asked me if I was interested. And of course I was since, you know, uh, in general, digital art up until now has not been very respected, you know? Like people would be, would tell you like, uh, oh, but that's done in the computer or you can print it in your house. Or no, I want an oil painting, not a digital thing that can be copied. Uh, she left the project and she said that somebody was going to contact me. I was contacted by this project. And uh, the platform is called Bloque Eureka. It's, uh, it's a digital art gallery based in Costa Rica. And, um, well, basically they offered me to be part of their collective. Uh, they had seen my portfolio and, and they liked my work. And the offer that they gave me was like an offer that you can't refuse. You know, like I really didn't have to invest anything. I had tons of work already. So I really didn't have to even spend time working on. And they have a, a, 
a partnership with Known Origin. Known Origin is the platform where, where I mint, and they're based in Manchester, UK. Um, they're quite curated. Uh, and in the NFT world, there's different levels of, of platforms. You know, there's from OpenSea, where it's like you can find anything and anybody can mint in there too, like super curated sites like Super Rare or Foundation or Known Origin. So for me, it was like, you know, basically step through the big door without a lot of hassle. Um, like last week, they opened uh, admissions and they had 1,500 admissions and they ran out of them in, like within two hours. And then it's like a year or two years of process of, you know, going through your work. and whatnot. Here in, in Panama and in Costa Rica as well, the art scene is very, very small. There's not that many people in the country to start with. Then in the city, there's less. And then the people that is capable of buying art is a lot smaller. And... You know, there's like five galleries and they're very conservative and they don't like taking risks because it's a business. So literally, I all the galleries here in Panama have closed their doors in front of me because of that. I mean, I've been told like, yeah, don't stop painting, but I can't sell your work. And uh, so this was the perfect window, you know, because there's eyes all over the world. And that's so why I started. I minted my first work up until now. I had just minted digital artwork that i made on my ipad but now i started minting also paint and we'll see how that works i can do my art and, and you know it was so far-fetched for so long that now it's just wow our next guest at black dave please welcome him what a pleasure to have the opportunity to speak with you about the digital art space so how did you come to the NFT space and how do you think it is a beneficial space for artists? Okay, so I got introduced to NFTs by one of my friends who was buying and selling NFTs on Nifty Gateway. This was spring 2020, like late winter, early spring 2020. And he was like, yo, Dave, you'd be really good at this. You could make a lot of money selling art as NFTs. And I was like, oh, this doesn't sound that interesting. I'm not really interested. And so I didn't jump on it back then. But then at the end of 2020, I got into NFTs finally through Clubhouse. I took like a, a five days to get started as an NFT artist course, but on day two, I invented the NFT and got going from there. And so that's how I got started at the end of 2020, even though I'd been aware of it for a while before. And the way that this sort of changes things for digital artists especially is it now creates value for our work. If you think about how on social media, a lot of times we use it as like a way to show our portfolio so that people will hire us. Now we're able to take those creations that we've been using for our portfolio anyway and use that as the work itself and use that to sustain ourselves with. So it's actually like a, a really empowering i would say thing for artists it allows us to just like our worth is in our creations and our worth is not in what we can do for other people and it's in what we can do for ourselves in a more direct way i think yeah that's probably the best way i can put it was it very foreign to you when you first heard about it how I easy think, was it for you to mint an nft and and put your art on these platforms so 
I think it wasn't foreign like conceptually. I think if you play video games, especially, you can understand the concept where everything, for instance, as a someone who plays PlayStation, everything that I buy on my PlayStation is linked to my PlayStation account. And it doesn't actually exist anywhere. I don't have a card for it. I don't have a, a chest full of games anymore. And so everything's already stored digitally in that way. So if you think about NFT as a parallel to that, where everything that's associated with your account is already digital, but you still have ownership of it. And it's written into your account that this game is yours or that this item in the game is yours that you downloaded from the PlayStation store or whatever. The concept was pretty straightforward. I think one thing I always tell people about my NFT journey is that it always made sense for me. I, I was never confused. And, and so I would say that a lot of the nuance of, of minting NFTs and a lot of how things worked was actually what I needed to learn, but it didn't take long. And I think for me, I was willing to take a couple of risks. So I had bought crypto a few years back. So I had a little bit, so I wasn't actually spending new money to get into nfts the main thing is just navigating the interface some people love interfaces of certain marketplaces more than others but i am overall pretty nerdy so i was able to just dive right in and no matter what website you put me on i should be able to figure it out our next guest at ann greenberg aka anonymous it's so wonderful to be here and to be talking to you before lunch left, you know, about NFTs, what we're talking about in terms of what NFTs represent, what they can do in the utopian way and in the practical way in the short term, all of this stuff is really about bringing artists together with other artists and bringing them closer with their fans. But it's even more than that, because when the internet was born, that's where we already were. This is what completely changed my life, was being able to put incredible artists together with their audience for the first time virtually through chatting in the early 90s and, and watching how magical that moment was. So the 90s became about handing the microphone to the fan for me technologically through the products that we were building with all these incredible musicians and artists, things that are people are very excited about today, worlds and VR and the metaverse on top of music playback and mashing that with gaming. These are all things that we were experimenting with in the 90s. And it's all about changing that structure yeah. of the storytelling. And I come from architecture and film, so I got to spatial storytelling early. But I also read a book that changed my whole worldview in about 1988. About the same time I saw my first motion capture, I read the book Chaos by James Black. And it blew my mind. And I was like, wow, we can grow films like Fractals using Chaos Math and watch them grow. And that has been the through line for our, me and my work is really doing generative, more, more deeply participatory and interactive and what I call a dance with the data. That's what I called it when we were working with Bowie. Like it's about a, a balance between a machine and humans and what we can do collectively as well. So I don't know, it's a pretty fun, these groovy things we were doing back then, they're still totally applicable to it. Yeah. The difference is I don't have yeah. to hire a mathematician to build a physics engine to be able to do a, a, a user a user walkthrough of a virtual space or a fly through of a virtual space. Today, you can use a gaming engine, you know, which I talked a lot about back in the early 90s, which was the future of storytelling as a gaming engine. 
But of course, coming from the film industry, at the time that digital was just beginning, you started to see how these technologies were starting to shape what was being told in the films and how it was being told and who was experimenting with really the boundaries of what we could do with film and, and video. I'm sure you've noticed a lot has changed, but like you mentioned, a lot is the same. It's just, Most of these experiences, like know. I said, it took a whole team. You're building the tech from scratch. You're conceiving of all the stuff. You're evangelizing it. The musicians and other artists are taking space in your workspace and you're, it's very experimental at that point. But what we have today is we have a different ability to, to produce quickly for less money at a higher quality and with more participation and in a more virtualized way, right? Because we have the internet and it's a lot. We have persistent broad, broadband. I could handle 2,500 simultaneous users for text only in 1993. And for that, we had to pull special cable to make that happen. That was a tiny little chat, right? Today, you're going to be able to do it with these massively multiplayer games and concerts and soon chartless servers that will scale to massive amounts of people. So anyhow, it's, it is, it's like the same heart of it, which is putting it's about human expression. And for me, co-creation and collaborative creation at scale. But you know, what I experienced coming through the, right down the middle of entertainment and technology is that there's like a little turf war. And what I always strive to do is to bring those people together and, and say we can have machine scalability that's balanced with human scale. And so we can have the technologists creating these incredible and very important decentralized and peer-to-peer -peer systems. And we can have artists getting compensated fairly or not by some government edict with a compulsory where everybody's valued the same, but where an artist can say, this is what I want to do. This is how I want to price my work. And oh, by the way, I need to be able to change that. And so those kinds of things took a long time for us to get to a place where we could do that at scale and we're there and beyond now. So now we have a time when, when we can start creating more and more direct market marketplaces where artists can take a lot of the control back for what they, their, their art. And when I say art, I'm including technologists in that as well, because for me, it's almost, I believe that code is speech and I believe technology is just as creative as arts. I believe that the industries are treated somewhat differently, but they really starting to merge in really interesting ways. And what we have to always remember is that, that the internet is not about us broadcasting at scale. You know, it's about us listening at scale and being able to have a more equitable structure where everybody can participate and, and including the fans. Like I say, the, I like to say the audience is the artist and they deserve compensation as well. If they're really participating, if they're really doing that, but I think they are. And I think just their fandom alone is worth something. So that's what I think. Thank you, Anne. And do you think that the NFT space is something that is really supportive potentially of the artists and their, them having their own control? Yeah. This is what's so magical about it. There is no boundary on it in terms of what we can do creatively. But what we need to do is to allow people to figure those pieces out in harmony with each other. So artists and technologists or just an artist on their own. But yes, of course, this is about taking out like a lot of the you know, middlemen and women, I like to say, and being able to be a little bit more direct. Now, it's not 
plug and play is not super easy. You have lots of different protocols and lots of different marketplaces. And, and, but if you absorb, you, you know, spend enough time and absorb it enough, you'll be able to find the people that are doing things that are interesting to you. And that might be, that might be a good fit for you and how you want to express yourself using these technologies. But yeah, I think it's incredibly important. And I think it's also inevitable, <laughs> even if it might take a little time. And I, I will say the thing that I'm so excited about what Launch Left is doing is the heart of what you're doing is bringing creatives together to support each other and to really help demystify this world that we have to slog through before we can just make our art express ourselves. But that is very close to how I see the technology itself evolve. So that is your mission of what you want to do really appealed to me personally. And it's really and in terms of doing things like we've begun to do for the 30th anniversary of uh, my own private Idaho. For me, what's so incredible of that coming out of the film industry and at that time, actually, there was there's this incredible, exciting thing that happens when you're on set because Nobody realizes how much, a lot of people just don't realize how much work and effort and years of work go in before you get to the moment when you've pulled all that creativity and all the business know-how and everything else and everybody comes together and collaborates for a period of time to capture the materials to make that film. And that for me is what's represented when you see the, all the credits go by at the end of a film. And you can tell the film people, the ones who stick around and watching all the credits, just it's almost like a way to honor people. But now each one of those contributors can also have a platform and can we can really shed the light onto the people who might just be scrolling on the screen and they get to come up on stage and show how they contributed and show what it meant to them you know then and now so for me it's a really exciting project. Thank you. I'm so lucky that you have agreed to be part of the project and help steer some of our creative minds because you are a creative as well. <laughs> I can't wait to see your NFT. I know that you're planning to mint one. Yes. And I thank you for encouraging me as well to yeah. mint an NFT for this project. This has just been such an enlightening conversation. I, you're so eloquent about how you share. And I, is there anything else you want to uh, share? Just wandering into the space to stay really open about it because there aren't any hard and fast rules that makes it difficult sometimes where you're trying to figure out where I want to do the drop who I want to do it with how much we're going to price it for how do we build the right audience how do we find collectors how do what do we do to talk about this and all of that stuff it's different for every one of the platforms and every one of the drops and either you like that creative chaos or you just need to trust. You need to trust and go into it, go with the process, be ready to, to learn a lot and just be open. That's, that's what I think. That's great advice. Thank you so much. I'm trying to stay there. I love that you're the one reminding everyone to stay open. I think it's a natural human uh, desire to know things and to label them and to make sense of them. Otherwise, we feel... Uh, ungrounded, uh, too ungrounded. But I love that about NFTs and the space is that it's inviting us to to truly be creative and explore what yeah. that means without confines. Well, artists can also have a piece of the royalty structure if they, that's a dream, is that they can actually have a living from what they do and what they love to do. And it's really a model, I think, for how people can start working and very fluid, real-time, using technology outside of NFTs and everything else for the whole work environment as we shift our homes and our places and 
flexibility around work. That's to me, got to be great for women. I, I was a single mother when I founded my companies and to be able to have that flexibility. Now they started in my living room. That worked for me. We are shaped by our tools and we have been shaped by the technology that all of us have been using for decades now. So even the ones that have been born native digitals, they have a certain facilness, but also those of us who have been working using the tools for 30 years, it's does change your brain structure. It changes how you see the world. Our next guest at Charles P underscore photo, Charles Peterson. So happy to be talking to you, Mr. Charles Peterson, who recently minted and sold some pretty remarkable NFTs of uh, rock music that we all, or most of us know and love from the early 90s, specifically Nirvana. I just wanted to ask you how that experience was. You're not from the digital art space uh, and you made a decision at some point to go ahead and enter it. How was the experience of doing that? It's actually been great. And I got a lot of help through Phosphine, which are essentially an NFT gallery, like a, an offshoot of a physical gallery here in Seattle. It just all fell into place. And man, it, it works fast if you do it right. And I think we're doing it right. It's a different world. Looking around at, at what's on offer and we're pretty unique in that aspect. Was it hard to wrap your head around uh, minting an NFT or did you just, you got a lot of help from them? They kind Yeah, of I, that's what they do. Just like a gallery, they take their percentage. It, you know, it feels great. I'm incredibly enthused about it. I haven't quite made the jump to, to being an NFT collector myself yet, but it's literally having always lived on the edge of financial ruin just uh, for the sake of my art. It's, oh, wow, this is pretty, pretty incredible. And we've got some interesting stuff coming up and I, it's getting the juices flowing on how we can present my archive and what other aspects of the archive we can do. I'm, I'm going to be around in the NFT space for a while. That's for sure. It's Thank you. amazing to me. Photographers have this way, good photographers of capturing moments that you otherwise wouldn't experience unless you were there and you had that eye and you caught it. So it's like this beautiful service that you've done by capturing these photos of these really important moments in, in rock history. I think they're quite humanistic and, and I, that's what gives them legs. You don't necessarily have to be a Nirvana fan and listening to Nirvana night and day and collecting. You can just look at it beyond that as a great photograph, as a moment yeah. in history. And, and even within my eye, my vision and how I take apart the world and put it back together. Our next guest is at NFT underscore ish, also known as Trish. I have really one question for you, and that is about the community and how you see artists helping each other out and becoming collectors themselves. Oh, it's like we're building a whole new community or a whole new sort of future. I think that's what sort of turned me on to this space in the first place, like coming out of pandemic and Trump and losing family to QAnon and all that craziness to feeling helpless and then coming into this space decentralization and seeing all of the possibilities, people being a part of building a better future is like a big part of the community here. And that's what I love. 
And that's kind of what I want to leave behind, feeling like one of the older ones in the space to lift up as many up and coming, emerging great artists and underrepresented artists in particular. Have you seen that happen where an artist might mint an NFT and then start collaborating and the community grows and then suddenly they're becoming collectors as well. They all are once they start. There's a lot of collaborations going on. It's almost impossible to um, sell the NFTs and get a little ETH in your wallet and not collect, right? It's almost like being a teenager working at the mall and all of your paycheck might go back to the community, which is happening with some people. But there's a lot of that. People are making money. I think one of the most interesting things that I've seen was the ape phenomenon, that was right when I got into this space and I was in the rooms. I didn't buy an ape. It still kills me to this day. Should have bought an ape. But watched all my friends buying apes and saw a lot of people who bought like a lot of apes, right? Like 20, 30, 40. And they were giving them away to their friends. And there's like a lot of young people, a lot of artists who that experience has fully changed their lives, turned them into collectors, got them out of debt, paid off student loans, like life-changing money. And it's just, this, that's like the biggest kind of, Thing that I can say that that I've seen and then yeah every day people are collecting more being onboarded selling it takes a while I'm a lover of physical art also and I think the physical world has they're not even here yet so in the beginning when I got here people didn't want um, like physical unlockables they were digital maxis and that's all they wanted but I think there's a lot of potential for the physical space to be like integrated into blockchain and I don't think we've begun to scratch the surface of that. And yeah, I think blockchain is future everything, not just art. I think it's future everything, the way that we're going to interact with each other, the way that we buy and sell, the way that we communicate, the way artists get paid, music platforms in particular, that's looking really interesting. You mentioned before for underrepresented artists and emerging artists, there's a kind of level playing field that I sense in regard to the blockchain. Can you speak a little bit to that? For one thing, coming into this space and sitting in clubhouses where I learned everything, just rubbing shoulders with artists that have hundreds of thousands of followers was a really interesting phenomenon. And everybody was in kindergarten together. So it didn't matter if it was me with my 2000 on Instagram or who knows, like Citizen Cope with 100,000. Everybody was learning together. That created this really cool environment of like connections that people were making that would never be made before. Momo is an artist in New York. I don't know how many NFTs she sold. She's a game designer. She's amazing. And she, she went on this rant that I'll never forget. She's a Black artist. People were talking about the art world and how it's not different. There was this debate going on. And she was just like, I've excluded from the traditional art world, like completely. Like a lot of digital artists have been, like a lot of artists of color have been. And this definitely levels the playing field. People are, are buying and selling. They care about that more, I would like to think. This isn't, blockchain isn't going to solve all the problems for sure. But you look at all of the artists, just there are so many NFT artists that I know who are my friends from Africa that like that would just never happen before. So, yeah, it's pretty amazing. Our next guest is at Gmunk. I want to talk about NFTs. I got in early in December of 2020, me and Beeple and a couple other friends were just like, what is going on? with this NFT craze. I came in with Beeple and Joni and Rafiq, and all those cats. Dropped my first piece around, around Christmas time. I remember being at home 
in Sonoma with my parents, dropped my first piece on Super Rare and like fielding offers and everything was so fresh and new. I didn't really know what to expect. You know, I had no idea what it was, or I, I talked to Pack a lot online on Discord. He really helped me. He explained like what it was, but I didn't fully grasp it like what it meant and how to manipulate the blockchain until later on. My goal has always been for the last 20 years has always been to, to succeed and have a career as an artist, to not have to rely on brand work and brand commissions to, to make a living. My thing is my best work is always yet to come because I always find new collaborators and new techniques and new interests. I had some really interesting body work done this weekend where I went to this massage therapist, but he's a body worker in San Francisco. And this mofo was saying to me that unfelt feelings are stored in your tissues as crystals. And those crystals need to be worked out of your tissues. And this guy gave me the most hardcore deep tissue massage I've ever received, only on my neck and shoulders and back, where I was like, it was like doing yoga. I was having like breathing through the pain, basically. And I would, while this was happening, especially at the end, he like put this giant gong on my back. It just started. It was just like, it's fucking awesome. I love it. I was just thinking to myself that the big thing for me right now is my art is based on curiosity of phenomena, right? Like I get interested in certain phenomena, the way light works, the way shadow works, the way atmosphere works, cymatics, robotics, it's all just curiosity. And I'm, and I think next year I want to turn inward and tell more of a personal story through my art, through confronting different trauma and different kind of poignant moments in my life and expressing them. And I was thinking about that as this gong was on my back and resonating. I was like, I, instead of just being curious about phenomena that exist, I want to turn inward and make it way more personal. Wow. Because I'm not about just making pretty pictures. I, it needs to be something that means it, it's important to me. And so that's what I'm, what I'm going for. So next year, this is only the beginning. I think that for me, it's not about finding something that works and sells and repeating it over and over. It's about my own journey. And my own journey is through curiosity. And now it's going to be through discovery, personal discovery. And it's just, we're all trying to find our place. And I'm, I've had an interesting year of ups and downs. And it's just about, it's just about not feeling competitive or possessive. It's more just about focusing on my own path and just doing great fucking work. Yes. That's the and only thing I can control. It's the only thing I can yeah. control is doing great fucking work. Everything else I can't control. The success of one is, is a success for all. Everything has its place. And it's all about community because without community, none of this happens. It's all about supporting each other and encouraging success because wow. a success for one is success for all. I've met so many people that I've never had contact with before. And I think we just, you band together in these little clans and the clans uplift each other and just inspire each other and support each other. And I run with a few clans and it's like the old graffiti days. You had your crew and it's amazing. I would say, gotta you gotta find your own voice and don't just make stuff that you think is gonna sell. Don't just throw a bunch of, crypto funds or memes or shit in your work just because you think it's going to sell. Find like what you really want to do with your art 
and find your own voice, find your own style, and just start networking. Start talking about it. Get on the Discord. Just start sharing and communicating and just don't, don't focus too much on sales to determine your worth. Just focus on the art itself and just make fucking great art and make fresh art and make art that stands on its own as interesting and unique and good things will happen. Our next guest at Israel S. Wilson. We're trying to uncover the mystery of the non-fungible token for our watchers and listeners. My first question for our viewers is, what is an NFT? An NFT is a non-fungible token. Basically, a non, that's obviously a Latin term, meaning not of, not that thing. And then fungible, fungibility means to be able to exchange. A fungible currency can break down into smaller pieces, such as pennies, and then be transferred in some smaller monochrome into that thing. So fungibility is one of the core characteristics of capital. And then token, uh, a cryptocurrency. Non-fungible tokens are basically the crypto way. And they're now they're fungible, right? Because they can be fractionalized and they can have value. Cryptocurrency gives us the ability to create and install value, actual real value in our currency and exchange that value or tokenize ourselves into the future and exchange that value of our of our self tokens with each other. And so that was the original Bitcoin experiment. Basically, we were believers that we had value. And the Bitcoins didn't have any value, but we could use Bitcoins to exchange and represent a value. I wish I would have known that each of those things was going to be worth $48,000. I'd be a lot richer right now. I guess everything is in agreement, right? Once a mass of people agree to create value, it's valuable. And that's what's yeah. happening now. How did you get involved in the space? Three years ago, I was at Consensus Ethereal Conference. And... I saw a, a digital piece of digital art sale. I've been a graphic and digital artist, been experimenting with that stuff for a long time. I'm a sketch artist and, and I'm a crypto, I'm a crypto native. So I'm a day one crypto person before the Bitcoin mainnet launched. I was a believer in the possibility that this could work. And I worked around in 2009. I attempted to launch a social media platform that paid people in Bitcoin. So that was my early experience with crypto and that crypto brought me around different to different conferences. And one of those conferences was Ethereal Conference by Consensus in Brooklyn, New York. And they had a, a central part of that exhibit that had thing, that had something to do with art. And so the artists were the people that I vibed with the most. That was the section that I was most interested in. And I saw, and they had digital frames. And on the bottom of my Instagram that I have now, it's the first post is that digital frame. I began my whole new life that moment three years ago. The way that I got into the space is I was that guy that knew enough about crypto to explain what NFTs were when people were still just looking at it as a JPEG on a ledger system. And, and I was there arguing for that. You talk about, it's interesting that you talk about artists that fought to make NFTs relevant. I'm one of the premier artists that fought to make NFTs relevant and spike the conversation. And now NFT has started to cross over crypto and then it just continually eclipsed crypto. And now NFT is everything crypto. And there's a term that a lot of people say, they say NFTs are the gateway drug to crypto. That was a term that I repetitively used in attempts to try to explain that. So I launched that meme into the sphere and now I hear other people using the meme, some of who I really respect. And so it's really cool to be a, a progenitor of a whole type of, a whole type of class of person to have um, had an influence on the way 
that the communities formed and to be respected among my peers as such. What do non-fungible tokens do for artists? The same thing that crypto does. They give you the ability to now take responsibility for your future and interact with it seamlessly. And taking away that layer of mediaries, intermediaries, which, which has been happening to artists, if they've been taken from by intermediaries that don't actually contribute enough value to be that, or the intermediaries take up the, more, the majority of the value and distribute the value to the artist. Now the artists suddenly have this direct access point to their fans where their fans can immediately, but then this direct access point of just no sign in, no nothing, have a wallet, connect your wallet to the site, upload some art, fan interacts with it on the other side. The freedom of that crypto is supposed to bring, the freedom that are that that these uh, that identities will bring, that decentralized identities and and avatars and all of these things will bring to people. These people will just get to be themselves and get to do things that are true to them and get to work with audiences that call to them. And then also that's another thing for artists that do revolutionary work or work that that really may may be controversial in their realm. They can't be stopped by any party. They can upload it to the blockchain and it can be this piece that speaks to the plight and it's there forever. So now, from now, a thousand years from now, a person can look back at history and say, this is what the time spoke to and your art, it'll be a part of that. Ooh, I love that. I didn't even think about that, how you get to bypass the gatekeepers that might try to keep something controversial, revolutionary out of people's hands, ears, and eyes, and you can mint it as an NFT on the blockchain and it's out permanently. Do you think that it's easy to understand this technology? Yeah, it is. I think that it's made complex by people that don't understand it becoming the explainers of the thing. So it's going to be really complex if a kindergartner explains physics, or he may not even be able to explain it. He's only going to use terms that he knows as a kindergartner to explain this physics term to you. So he's going to explain it to you in a way that doesn't give you true understanding. And that's what's happened. What it creates is a cycle of a bunch of people who really don't know what they're talking about or who are being misled by into a conversation that's not really relevant to the future of humanity. Blockchain technology is pivotal and relevant to the future of humanity. The future is bleak and stark for anybody that doesn't implement these new decentralized transparent systems because they work better. And we needed something that worked better. Buckminster Fuller said, you don't destroy a thing by destroying the thing, you build something better. And now we have something better. And every person that took that better choice over the last 12 years is significantly living significantly different lives, especially if they were all in on it, which I wasn't all the time because I didn't have a way to coordinate with a community that was all in. I attempted to get my community all in. This black plight that we see in America and police violence and all of all I needed to do was get barbers and enough people to understand this over the time when Bitcoin wasn't even paid attention to by anybody. And it was just a thing that existed that you could interact with. And the people that would have just followed my instructions and interacted with it, we would have all been significantly changing and we would have been able to significantly change society and better society by having more, better, more means to actually solve the problems because that's the problem with the world. The people closest to the problems have the solutions but the people applying the solutions are far away from the problems they're trying to solve. They have the resources and they're trying to solve them and they give them the wrong people. They're trying to build companies and they're far away from the actual solution that the company is actually trying to do. 
and they haven't been resourced this. So how can they create consistently abundant resources? What these systems now allow us to do is focus together on a way to govern ourselves. So let's say that's a, you guys have an organization. Now you figure out a way for that organization to, to, to build together and bond together to create value. And cryptocurrency suddenly gives organizations of human beings the ability to install value in these new systems. Now the hard part is, oh, do enough people realize that they're going to have to probably stand up for those new systems to work? And are they going to take a position of power or a position of victimization, continue victimization by the current economy? All of our problems are economic problems. All of our problems are violence, are rates of death, rates of a lot of things. It's their economic problems. And how do we solve those economic problems? We cannot solve them with the same thinking that started them. We have to figure out something else. And our next guest is at Vintage Mozart. I know you're in Zimbabwe. Are you a Zimbabwean artist? Uh, yes, I am. Yes, a Zimbabwean national, Zimbabwean artist, and I reside in Zimbabwe as well. And what brought you to the NFT space? I would say um, over and over, I saw Leta Wahuma, who's now become a friend. I was following her, and I saw talking about NFTs. And this is around November to December. And I saw the amount of money she was making, like, in the beginning. And I was like, oh, okay, this is cool. And then I just asked her a question, and she said, let's just do some research on it. And in the beginning, uh, it sounds like the old cash is You come for the eats, but you stay for the people. So I came in, started to get to know people, and then I saw something greater than money, should I say. And that's what got me into the space. I saw, like, an opportunity to grow myself as an artist and to grow with people as well. Being an introvert, that was like one of the things I was like, okay, maybe this is a comfort zone for me. Do you feel a, a great sense of community in the NFT space with other artists? I used to look up to a, a lot of artists, like I was following them for years and these people are now my friends. So that, that sense of community is cool. And I'm now at the level where these people are looking up to me and having the same reaction. So it's like a beautiful 360. The community aspect is there. I know some people don't feel it, but I'm very, very fortunate that I, since I'm one of the co-founders of the African NFT community, I get to experience uh, the first-hand community experience, I would say. And are you seeing a lot of musicians use this space as well, or mostly graphic artists and fine art? Both. Mostly graphic artists. Like uh, For me, I do think it is a visual space, and um, it's the first type of space that I'm going to speak from a visual perspective that is there, but a lot of musicians are collaborating with the graphic artists, which is pretty cool. Please welcome our final guest at Diana Sinclair. Can you tell me how you, Diana Sinclair, came to the NFT space and decided to work with other artists and get them involved? My partner had recently got into 3D artwork, and they really had just started when I was like on Twitter and I was on like photography Twitter at the time. Just I wasn't really using it that often, but I saw that one of the artists that I was following had shared something. All 3D artists share some work under this post. And I was like, you go, babe, you go interact, find your 3D friends. So they ended up meeting some people under that thread and a lot of the talk in that community was about NFTs and what they were making. Just seeing the word, honestly, being thrown around a lot caused them to dig deeper and they really vibed with the community and the technology. 
So it turned into a big topic of discussion for them. When I started looking into it myself, I saw a lot of 3D art, some traditional like painting, things like that, but I hadn't seen many photographers at all or black women. So when I joined or when I was joined the community as in like sitting on clubhouse calls and like being part of Twitter discussion, I was in it more as like in a supportive sense than thinking that it was something that would actually benefit me and for me to find a community for myself. It only happened or I only was able to take my first steps in it when I met my friend Itzel Yard who is an amazing generative artist. She shares the same background as me. So when she saw the flags that I have in my bio, like Barbados and Panama, which is where she's from as well, she immediately wrote to me and was like, really, have you heard of NFTs? This is, it's really amazing. I'm starting to tokenize my artwork. I think that you'd be really good at it. I love your photography. So I expressed my concerns about it not being beneficial for me, but she really pushed me and said that if there wasn't space, if I felt there wasn't space for me, then I need to make it for myself or be the first person to take that step. So I did, I followed all of her advice. I first tokenized I, that's the name of it. And it sat up there for a little bit and I was just having fun. I was able to connect with more black NFT artists. I didn't really meet that many other photographers except for my friend Lauren Washington and she was the only other black woman photographer I saw on the NFT marketplace that I was using foundation so we got to talking we started discussing feeling isolated not seeing many other black women at all especially not black women photographers and we were like, we, we both, I think she said it to me, but she's like, are you part of this group, Black Women Photographers, which is run by amaz the amazing founder, Polly. And I was like, yeah, of course I'm in it. So we were able to connect on there and we held a lot of talks over the course of one or two weeks for the group, basically just explaining NFTs, going through the process of mining your artwork, like what the different communities look like, how to create a wallet. Like it was really basics one-on-one course that we gave several times over. And then we built out a document. Here's what the lingo means. Here's what your wallet is. Here's what a seed phrase is. All those different things, um, trying to give knowledge to that group because knowledge is power and having information is really important. And, I, and we both felt that there was going to be an extreme lack of our narratives present on the blockchain if the information wasn't given to our communities. So after those talks, an artist who had heard about them reached out to me. And at the time, I guess it still is, but it's a lot easier now. At the time, it was pretty hard to get a invitation to Foundation to use that marketplace. But he was very gracious and he was like, I'll give you... Um, all the invitations that I have to give to the woman that you spoke to. So from that, it snowballed to the point where many artists were just handing me their invitations to foundation. And I was acting as the middleman connecting either those artists directly, because some of them wanted to also serve as mentors or just like forwarding the invitations to black women in the community 
and getting them onboarded. So I think at last time I checked, it was like over 30 women, 30 black women that we were able to on our, I was able to onboard onto the platform, which was great. So it was able to start from just pure information and then turn into actual action. And then later in June, I was able to curate the show, The Digital Diaspora, which showcased in New York City and also on Foundation. They were very supportive during that whole process. They helped give me personally, like directly from Foundation, they gave me invitations to give to that community. And they also helped put together this show showcasing all Black artists on Juneteenth. And that was also showing in New York City. So yeah, it was, that's wow. my, my journey getting into it and also helping other artists join the space. Um, do you feel like this space is the future of art for emerging artists? It's funny, we were talking, we had that exact question thrown at me on the panel that I just did for time. I think that at the very least, the most immediate future that I do see is that the change in mindset that artists are able to experience will trickle out into different even more traditional artist spaces i've heard that even from uh, i can't remember exactly whether it was an article or just talks that were being had but i think that the core parts of the community the core morals if you want to call it that which is a lot about supporting the artists making sure the artists are safe making sure that the artist's art is valued and that Going forward, there is still ownership over the artwork that you tokenize, like through royalties or things like that. I do think that mindset shift has definitely started to affect the traditional art world. And I know that it's definitely seeping its way into artists and that it's able to make its way outwards. I've, you know, heard from different artists that are interested in like tokenizing their movie and being able to fairly split profits in that way afterwards. Or I have heard about traditional artists feeling safer to negotiate better terms with either their galleries or things like that, that is more respectable to them as an artist, which I don't think that artists felt empowered to do before learning about this. Actually, I made two friends in the traditional art space. They create 3D printed artwork and they were really amazing. And they were, I helped them get into the NFT space and they had a show, show in New York City a few weeks back. And they were going to tokenize the NFTs and also have it on display with the rest of their artwork. But they were putting all the effort into marketing it and learning about it and gas, paying gas to mint it. Yet the, the gallery space still felt entitled to a much bigger cut of what they made off of that NFT. But the artists were able to reapproach that conversation and renegotiate terms that then opened up the gallery spaces perspective on I think like percentages and things like that which is very interesting and that that could that could theoretically change how they move going forward on different projects as well so I think that mindset shifts are definitely going to happen I do think that at some point most things are going to be tokenized just because it makes sense whether we know it or not and definitely it is a 
great way of showing history for an artwork that I don't think that we've experienced before. I haven't had much experience in the traditional art space, but thing as well, if you have a painting or something like that and you need to prove its proof its authenticity or proof of rarity, as we call it in the NFT space, you need a slip of paper for that that you need to have records for, et cetera, et cetera. Whereas now it can be digital and I feel like that is a much more what's the word, practical way of moving forward. So I do think that there's a lot of different ways that NFTs is going, NFT, the, the technology is going to seep its way into our lives, both in the art world and not in the art world. I hope you enjoyed our NFT episode, Artists Launching Artists. Another big announcement. We learned a lot from this episode ourselves, and it got us so excited, we decided to do our own gallery. Launch Left is launching our very own nft gallery space in the coming weeks and this fall we're doing a big drop around my own private idaho turning 30 years old i just want to say keep your eyes and ears open it will involve music and visual art and story there are a lot of surprises of who is minting nfts and i'm so excited about it but i don't want to give too much away now that's it don't forget to rate and subscribe see you next time Launch Left aims to create an intentional space that highlights and empowers all artists for whom radical creativity is not a choice, but a necessity. Launch Left begins with music, but its ultimate aim is to launch left-of-center artists in all creative fields. 